Zona Rosa, the Northland's premier shopping, dining, and entertainment district, is proud to be a partner of the Northland Symphony Orchestra. Zona Rosa is your getaway for fine dining, exceptional entertainment, and endless shopping possibilities. Zona Rosa offers over 100 of your favorite stores and restaurants, including Barnes & Noble, Dillard's, Gap, White Barn Candle Company, the Kansas City Improv, DraftKate, Bravo, Hereford House, and more. Zona Rosa, I-29 and Berry Road in the Northland. For more information, visit ZonaRosa.com. Zona Rosa, a world away from the everyday. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Arts and KC podcast presented by the Northland Symphony. I'm John Coster. This is Jim Murray. Hello everybody. Again, we are brought to you this week by Zona Rosa. We very much appreciate their ongoing support. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Now time is just flying by. I'm still bloated. Yeah, well, still... I wasn't going to say anything, but... <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, quick, So quick Northland Symphony news before we get started today. Holiday Symphony, Jim. I know. Holiday Symphony. Holiday concert. <laughs> it's coming up. Right around the corner. Right. Yeah, it's going to be great. We've got the children's choirs. We've got all the holiday favorites. You know, it's going to be a great time. Yeah. So as a reminder, December 10th. Yep. Staley High School. Yep. And just like, not last year, but previous years, we've gone, gone to two different concerts. So if you've got a kid that's singing in Park Hill, you come at 2.30. You've got a kid that you want to see in North Kansas City, you come at 4.30. If you don't have a kid... My personal recommendation would be to come to the two thirty. Absolutely, uh, it tends to be crowds a little, yeah. little smaller, and the programs are the same. And right. the program's about I don't know sixty minutes max, maybe. Yeah. So you know, take a break from shopping, just pop in for a free concert, get your holiday music fix on, move yeah. on with the rest There's of the day. There's no better concert of the year for kids. Like, Absolutely, this is, this is awesome. This so. is a great one if you have want to invite friends that have never been to a Northland Symphony concert. Great for families. This is really just a great event. Absolutely. So. This week, um, you know, we're getting towards the end of the year. I know. We've actually been doing this almost six months. Uh, <laughs> so hard to believe. <laughs> um, and so we we've, we've actually do get ideas from listeners, which we very much appreciate. Yes, we and do. And we've had some ideas on our list that we, or topics on our list that we've wanted to get to, but you know, we haven't really been able to fill a full hour with. So we thought, as we're getting towards the end of the year, we'll yeah. kind of clean up the list and yeah. maybe... And we can start little, fresh. That's right. The first a little of the potpourri. Year. So, uh, potpourri. I we'll feel take... like it's a Jeopardy category. I'll, John, I will take potpourri for 200 Right after this. All right. Potpourri. For 200 For 200 All right. Here's, the first, here's the first one. So this one came in from a listener. How does a conductor have to adjust when a choir is added? Which is not something. Now let's let's use the traditional setup of. Well, I think we can talk about both. Yeah. Um, so, in a traditional like choral orchestra work, where you have an adult choir of a hundred standing behind the orchestra, um, I think there's a couple of things that that conductors adjust for. Um, obviously, we're going to have a bigger setup. Dis there, distance is actually an issue, and I don't think a lot of people don't realize this, but, you know, if you're the horn section that's in the back row of the orchestra, you have to anticipate a little bit. Percussion, percussion. has to anticipate yeah. a little bit because the those violinists who are sitting right next to me, if they play immediately with my beat and you play immediately with my beat, that's not going to be together. Yeah. So think how much more that happens when you add a choir who's another... 10 feet away from you. So I actually, um, most conductors have a variety of batons, so I actually have two uh, slightly longer batons that I use 
for choir, simply for visual, so they can see it. Um, and the other part, I think, for conductors who um, work with choirs, it, I mean, I always they will always affect rehearsal order, rehearsal plan, rehearsal strategy. Um, a lot of times, choirs rehearse largely with a rehearsal piano, and then they move into the orchestral setting, and so now they're getting pitches from all different instruments, and it's not as percussive of the piano. So you have to be aware that the pitches, you know, that's that is there's going to be a change there and familiarity mm-hmm. there, and also the opportunity to work with you know a choir director. Um, you have another person you can get feedback from. You can talk about issues. You can uh, the you, I don't I think you should absolutely take feedback from the choral leader um, if it's something that I'm doing that's not clear enough for the choir or they need to see a bigger gesture or the orchestra's too loud or you know any of those yeah. things. How does that dynamic work? Because typically, especially at least in more professional settings mm-hmm. you, you do have a choir director that's right but that person does not conduct so right. like, what's that relationship like typically and i think how it's that well i mean you count on the choral conductor to to get that choir ready so that you can have so you can put it together really as fast as possible as seamlessly as possible and so you know it's not like they're an assistant conductor where they're simply you know doing your your will and preparing as right. you will um I think, I mean, every time I've done it, I've done it in a collaborative way where, you know, I can discuss issues of tempos for movements and transitions between movements and stylistic things so that even before the choir starts rehearsing, me and the choir director are on the same page about how that, what should happen at any given time. Um, it, it's it's great to have that collaborative ability. Um, now, we talked about the holiday concerts coming up, and so we have children's choirs, so that's a whole other dynamic. Right. Um, and we traditionally put the children in front of the orchestra, and I think that's partly so you can hear them better and also so that you can see them. Um, and uh, I just do whatever the choir directors say because uh, they, su- <laughs> they have such great control over their kids, and that's an age group that I'm just not experienced with. I mean, we do it every year, but I don't have daily interactions with that age group. And so I will tell you that all of our choir directors, I mean, they come in, the kids are prepared. I mean, they are re- we we do those dress rehearsals very quickly because they've done great prep work. Um, I normally tell them, you know, here's the holiday piece we're going to do together. And then they pick another piece to do on their own and they prep them, come in and and it's good to go. So I've noticed too, for the children's choirs, the, the directors will kind of be in front of the kids. And mirror. Yeah, cueing Absolutely. off of you. Absolutely, which wouldn't happen in the traditional setup. Right. Uh, but also, when we, like the bigger concert with North Kent City Choirs, we're going to have 150 kids up there. So in partly of keeping 150 kids and a 60-piece orchestra together, you need a lot of traffic cops. Yeah. Do you find that it's... Um, that the so typically you know if you're queuing sections mm-hmm. and obviously being a percussionist we're in a small section so right. like violins where usually I'll get an eye I'll literally yes. you know you your our eyes meet right as they say right um, <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously with a hundred piece choir right you have four different sometimes yep. eight different right. things going on like how does that do you find it because they're so far away and they're all so close together that it's difficult to really, like... No, I generally, like, target the center of each section. Um, but you can also do a lot. I mean, I don't I don't necessarily sing the whole thing with... I mean, I would not audibly sing. Maybe mouth is the better way to say it. But I will sometimes do that for entrances so that they, they can tell I'm getting ready to sing or mouth the soprano entrance, thing like that. Like that. Um, the other trick that we do as conductors, so obviously the percussion section gets 100% of my attention all the time. Always. But um, as a violinist, you would also know this. If I turn to look to the violin section um, to give them a cue, I look at the last stand because then it looks like I'm looking at every stand. <laughs> they don't, right? You look, right. If you look up and I'm looking at the last stand, it looks like I'm looking at you. Yeah. Even though I might not be. No offense, stands for 
three. Right. Two and one. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. I guess this is Potpourri for 300. Sure. Um, I think it'd be 400. I think it goes up by categories of 200. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. <laughs> um, but I don't think this is harder. So what I don't think what is harder. funny? Yeah, no. Um, yeah. So someone else had a question about, like, thought that, you know, being a conductor for 20 plus years, that you might have some funny stories. That, I have that, two that, great that stories. That are not necessarily connected to anything else no. other than just being awesome stories. Uh, yes, and, and so many sit back people and relax, know this. children. <laughs> it's story time. Although I'm not conductor sure it's Jim. appropriate for children. Yeah, it's just... We'll Small see. disclaimer. We'll see. So um, when I was doing my graduate school, graduate work in the University of Denver, um, this was before they moved the music campus to the main campus. So we were on our own campus with the lawyers and probably 20 minutes away from main campus. And we were told, and we were certainly cognizant, that the area that that campus was in was going through some changes. And we'll just say there were some security concerns. Um, and... Uh, I guess maybe the the subtle way I will say this is that it, we were um, we were in the blue team territory. Okay. All right. And so we were doing a concert in February, um, and I was con- I was um, in the hallway, and and this hall is in the middle of our building, and so there the hallways go on either side of it, and then make a U behind it, and then on the outside of those hallways are like faculty offices and things like that. So whenever we had a concert in there, you just kind of turned half the hallway lights off so people knew there was a concert. And this was an evening. We were going to do a Beethoven triple concerto with the faculty. Um, my conducting teacher was leading the orchestra through um, Ives' variation on America, which is based on you know, my kind of great piece. Um, and the stage is super small. So the stage is wall-to-wall orchestra members, all right? My wife, my friends are sitting there. I'm going to conduct the next piece, a piece by John Cariano, who, and we have a, we have a pianist. So... Um, the pianist and I are just waiting, standing there waiting, and it's February, and uh, it's a little snowy out, and we see coming down the hallway a, a young man uh, in a USA number one basketball jersey, no coat, wet, no shoes, big, big, big guy, walks right past me in my tuxedo, right past Catherine in her formal wear, opens the stage door, steps right into the middle of the percussion section. So, <laughs> at that point, doesn't say a word to us. At that point, I look at Catherine. I'm like, you need to call security. She's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going out on stage. I mean, the orchestra is playing a piece of music. So half the orchestra can see him. Half the orchestra cannot. The entire audience can see him. Right. I'm like, there's nowhere in my contract that it says I need to go remove somebody off the stage, but whatever. So I open the stage door. I work my way. I mean, we were packed, and the percussionists are like, I mean, they're playing, right? But they're like, who's this guy, and why is he here? I'm not kidding. I put my arms on his bicep. It took both my hands to go around his bicep. So I just kind of grabbed his arm, and I should tell you that he's clapping. He's, like, clapping along with the music. He is having the best time of his life. He was in an altered state. I think that probably goes without yeah. saying. So <laughs> one I, could infer. I, one could infer. So I, I give a tug on him. And I uh, pull him off the side. He comes off stage with me. All right. By now, Catherine's standing there. No security or police. Literally, the man looks down at me. Doesn't, still doesn't say anything. And starts wandering down the hall and makes a right to go what's behind the stage. Now, also during this time period, the wind ensemble had been practicing in the same facility. And so 
in the hallway was all of the percussion equipment from the wind ensemble, which he proceeded to hit every possible thing and make a big ruckus, which I found out later that my friends and family thought I was getting the crap beat out of me because (laughs) this is the order of events. Stranger walks out on stage. Jim appears on stage. Jim leaves with Stranger. All this could run. So um, (laughs) it took me a while just to kind of compose myself, right? And uh, uh, I come around the corner and I'm I'm met by JP, our building manager custodian. JP was a legend and he was great. And I said, JP, did you see a, a young man walk by here, red jersey? I did. Okay. Where is he? Because security's still not here. Right. Um, and he's like, I, I put him on the bench on the on the other side of the, in the other hallway. I walk around. Of course, he's gone. <laughs> so I come back now. By now, they've the piece has ended. My conducting teacher has come off the stage. Denver police have arrived. DU security have arrived. They're like, you saw him. Come with us. Help us find him. I'm like, I. I'm supposed to do this piece. And so I go with them. And Here's your description, though. Right, right, exactly. And, of course, you know, one minute of silence on stage is like ten minutes. Right. So ten minutes goes by and nothing happens on stage. Like ten real minutes. Minutes. So okay. the audience, that feels like, like an eternity. Intermission. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so before we even get very far, they find him on the first floor in the in the keyboard lab where there are theory students doing their work. Okay. And then they go have a little little, little chat with him. And so I come, I come back, and I'm like, kind of compose myself or whatever, and I, and I see my conducting teacher, you know, the man who's in charge of my master's degree. This is the only thing he's ever said to me about this entire incident. And he looked at me, and he goes, at least he wasn't booing. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so we go out on stage. I don't even remember doing that piece. Um, and by the time we did their mission, um, I was done for the night. Um, I, had, I was done before that. <laughs> yeah, we're done, yeah. uh, the cops are standing there, and I'm like, so what, what happened? And, and they said, well, um, he, um, uh, he is a member of the red team, and he found himself in newly acquired territory for the blue team. So quite rightfully, he got inside. And I said, okay, what would you do with him? I said, oh, well, we gave him a courtesy ride back to the red territory i'm like oh that's very nice of you so there you go um the other story which (laughs) seems pale by comparison um what happened when i was at william joy i was conducting into the woods and uh i think this is actually something that people will get a kick out of because i I get asked a lot of times if i ever lose my baton when i'm conducting and some conductors actually will always have a second a baton on their stand. I don't do that. But um, we were doing Into the Woods, and so we were in a... In, there was no pit. They To make the pit, they just removed seats. So as I'm standing there, the first... The, the riser behind me is about at my shoulders. That's where people's feet are for the first row of chairs. Two nights in a row, in the exact same place, I lost my baton. So the first one um, was... A, I was, you know, doing a four pattern, which you guys see all the time. But So I'm coming across my body, and I hit my stand light. And my baton just twirls off into the woodwinds or whatever. So I just keep going. Right. And eventually it comes it back. It comes back, yeah. The next night, exact same song. Instead of one, two, three across my body hitting the stand light horizontally, it was one, two, three, up on four, four as I was coming up on four. Into and the crowd. It went up behind me in the audience. So I kept conducting, and at like 10 seconds later, I feel a tap on my shoulder. <laughs> 
and the audience had like passed the baton down. And I kid you, I didn't even stop. I just put my left hand up. The guy gave me the stick, and I just kept going. So I'm like, that's a pretty cool audience. Yeah. Uh, to do that, so that's my two best conducting stories. I think they're pretty good. Yeah, I'd say you so. Know. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, red team, the blue team. Um, I can be more specific. No, email if you really want to know. <laughs> Send us an email. <laughs> Ask us offline. It's a product of my uh, my yeah. age. Part of that is. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. Um, okay, so this one, I'll just put a disclaimer in front yes. of this one. The, well, maybe I'll say it first. So people understand why. I'm going to let you do most of the talking on this one. <laughs> okay, so this one is fun or fun. <laughs> stere- yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. Stereotypes of we'll say sections of, of the orchestra. Right. Uh, it says people here, but we'll say sections, sections because sections is more fair, or instruments even. Um, so the disclaimer is, obviously, we're not... We're not we're talking not about anybody individually, yeah, if you or know, any specific orchestra. That's right. Because we, we have played in lots of orchestras over our careers, and, and you've played in many sections. That's right. So, um, so wait, maybe we should just... Well, let's, I, I, let me talk about clarinet. Yeah, let's, let's be self-deprecating yeah, let, yes. first. Well, yeah. I, oh, no way. Um, <laughs> oh, cla- oh <laughs> clarinets. Oh, my goodness. Let me, so I'm, uh, clarinets, in general, our, our stereotype is we're very social people. So obviously I'm an extrovert. You know this. I but do. that But that's not uncommon amongst my fellow clarinetists. I can see that. We tend to be um, pretty, pretty mellow about things. And I'll give you – and we're also fairly helpful. So I'll give you an example. Um, when I did my youth symphony auditions in St. Louis, when I was back when I was a, a wee clarinet player, I observed some interesting things. I observed other sections that were so cutthroat that they were like just outright lying to each other. The clarinet section, somebody would come in off the audition and they'd say, okay, you can tell us what happened. This is what, ha- what scale did they ask you? And we were honest with each other. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen in every section. So I think there's a, there's a, a niceness with the my people. The clarinet community. There's a clarinet community. And I think generally we're, we have that kind of reputation. I think, I think, I don't know what our reputation is, but generally that's ways. been pretty consistent. And I would say, like, I've seen that, like, when you watch, like, all district or all state band auditions. You see the same, you know, there's, there's more of a camaraderie. I feel like you can you can... I feel like you can like the way sections play, like and the way their instrument yeah. like, leads you to play, allows yeah. you to play. Plays a lot. Like you can see, like I can picture in my mind a circle of clarinetists sitting down in their chairs, playing with like quasi smiles on their Absolutely. face and just like bouncing around, right. and, like twiddling their That's fingers right. on That's the exactly thing. Like, right. And I can't imagine that with very many other. What do you like, see with a tuba? <laughs> Tuba Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. so to, so okay. I have two sections. Are you, you going to speak to both? I will speak to both. All right. So for those that don't know or don't remember, I've been playing violin since I was three. That was my orchestra career yep. through college. The first way I met you. Yep, the first way. Mm-hmm. And that was my orchestra career through college. Yes. So I was always, other than playing in band. Anytime but you I did was, play percussion in the youth orchestra that like one of those last years you're like instead of doing violin i'd rather do percussion yeah that's yeah. true for like a, a year yeah. I, I dabbled yeah. and i did that in band and stuff but with yeah. orchestra it was almost yes exclusively for and almost exclusively first violins because there is yes. a difference between first violin and second violins but i'll only speak to first because that's that's where i played <laughs> first violin like and, and really what it 
like first violins, I think, have a reputation for being maybe a little smug, maybe a little arrogant, and and it's not really. And of course, you always say, "Yeah, John sounds kind of smug and arrogant right? <laughs> <laughs> all the time on this podcast." But frankly, it's because that's for other reasons. That's, that's true. Um, it's just because I'm better. Um, oh. no, just, see, this I can't help but make comments about every little. Um, yeah. But a lot of it's because we don't stop playing. You so play when, a lot when you don't stop playing. That's right. There is no. There's nothing to like. Like, oh, that section's good, or right. that sounded good. It's like I am constantly just try not to get lost right, and yeah. get behind and get a measure off. A little more inward focused, right? Um, and that's and so like our, like the the trade off for me as a conductor, since it's like first violins play almost all the time, is like if the first violins have a rest of any length, that's so rare. Like I will cue them. Yeah. Like the percussionist can be out for twenty minutes, and I don't even worry about it because I know they're going to come in because they're used to counting. Right. Long rests and that, but for the first violins, it for a lot of the historical periods, play a lot. Yeah, they play. They play they, a lot. They play a lot. Um, play a lot. And so I think that that led that that creates a maybe feeds that some of it. Yeah, you know, maybe. a little bit. And there is you know because a lot. Well, we won't, we won't get into some of the other stuff. But so the other piece is percussion, <laughs> which is com- completely, completely different. Uh, different. Um, I go from playing all the time to maybe playing one crash yep. at, in one piece. Yep. Um, but it's a very important crash. It is very important. I call the percussion, percussion is more like a SWAT team. Like when you're called upon, you have to be exact and precise and immediately there. Right. So this is what that caught leads to. That leads to judgment. The percussionists are very judgmental. <laughs> well, they have a lot of time right, to sit there and we watch sit everything there and that's watch going on. everyone yeah. else screw up, and we have to start yeah. stuff over, and we have to play sections again. Their We're favorite, their favorite thing is when I stop the orchestra right we, one beat before yeah, they have so to play. So we'll have two hundred measures of rest yeah. at one ninety nine. I'll be like, whoa, whoa, stop yeah, everybody! Yeah, everybody screw. We gotta up go and, back and right. fix this. Yeah, so. and you can see the deflation <laughs> on the face of the percussionist. I mean, I don't even look back. I just right. know. Yeah. Like at this time, at this point in my life, sometimes I'll just do three more beats so you can do whatever you're doing, and then I'll stop and go back. Yeah, at least give us yeah some yeah. of the satisfaction. So yeah. there, so yeah, so there's a lot of judgment I would say in the percussion, and it and it will actually go sideways too. We'll kind of be judgmental on each other a little sure. bit. Oh but, yes, but, yes, I would um, say that. Yeah, and you know maybe mix that in with some laziness and distraction, and you've got <laughs> and some humor <laughs> and some humor. You some have humor. to have humor. Well, yeah, for sure, for, for that sure. amount of yeah. time not doing yeah. anything. But you know who else is funny? Trombone players are funny. I've noticed that. Yeah, they're kind of the other jokesters of the orchestra. And and it's true. I've seen this in all ages. So it's like, you know, is it nature versus nurture? How can you nurture? not with a slot? Well, like, that's right. Like, right. Like when right. you get all this, I know. you play all the jokes. So I think effects. the trombone makes you that way. Like, right, is that, that's like, it's the nature nurture argument. Like, was I, were my personal personality traits in fifth grade already set and I, ha- and I picked the clarinet or did the clarinet and my clarinet community and camaraderie shaped me as I went forward. Yeah. What we're, are the stereotypes for conductors, John? Oh. <laughs> where Another be, podcast. Where to begin? Another podcast. Where to begin? So, oh, well, we're out of time, everybody. <laughs> well, there is some built-in arrogance, I would say. Just yeah. thinking that your way is best. Or your way is the right way. Like I think it's the right now way. Right, exactly. It's that you have to be. Like I think leaders. Yeah, you have, you'd to, have to have that yeah. sense of like I'm right. Everybody needs to follow. I think me it all used. I mean, we we can do an episode particularly on like great conductors, but there used to be it used to be the tyrant on the podium. Yeah. 
And that's just not the way anymore because labor laws, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I mean, yeah. used to be a guy could dismiss an orchestra member right there on the spot. Um, and that's not good. That's not good. That's not, yeah, not healthy I mean, that's, culture, not, that's yeah. not good. So um, I would say that in the, in the last hundred years, pr- professional orchestras, uh, some, but there's, it's been moved more collaborative, less tyrant on the podium, less my way or the highway. Um, to a more of a compromise where there's issues where the music director conductor is in charge and then there's other things that are open up. You know, like the fact they have hiring committees now, right? Yeah. That there's a whole group of people that hear auditions, not just the music director. Right. So, that kind of stuff. I feel like a good way to end this segment would be to words association. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you a section and I want a word back. Oh, you should have warned me about this. No, I, I, I Every word's going to be like, great, great. <laughs> Nice. I'm calling horse manure if you come out with like a good attitude. We're not doing all of them, are we? No, I'll do some of those we didn't talk about. All right. Violas. (laughs) I knew you were going to start with that one. (laughs) Pensive. Flute. Bird. (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany. So I'm torn between thinking about, like, for viola, I think when I think about the viola sound, I think pensive, mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, the personality traits of that section. We can have a whole podcast on the yeah. personality and mental state of violists. <laughs> um, timpani, oh, I don't know what comes to mind. It's already passed. I, 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 too much time is gone. Um, strong. Yeah. Bassist. Um, or basses. Uh, basses, I think, are also uh, laid back. Yeah. Basses and percussion yeah. tend to get along pretty well yeah. in rehearsal. Yeah. When we're not much, not much riles them. They don't get freaked out about stuff. They no. just, yeah, cool. Yeah. They're very cool. Yeah, ooh, there you go. Very cool. Um, let's see. I'm working my way through. Bassoon. <laughs> um, I always think Peter and the Wolf. Yeah, <laughs> I can't help it. Yeah, no, I know, and that's that's part of the problem with this game, right? Um, quirky. Yeah, quirky could work. Um. So, okay, well, I think that's pretty much everybody. Harp. Oh, um, unicorn. <laughs> I tried to throw one at you. It didn't it's work. rare and unique and beautiful. That's right. All right, well, if we missed anybody or you, someone really wants to know what we Or we, think we have of offended section, you to the core of your being. That I don't care about. But if you, if you missed anybody <laughs> that you want to hear about, let us know and, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll come back to it. Sounds All right. good. All right, right back with Casey Picks. All right. Casey pick time. First, we will tell you what we found that maybe you want, want to do this. I guess really we're now in the throes of yes, holiday season, so I can are. say that without being uh, right. too early. Um, mine's a favorite of of mine to listen to, and they put on it. Just it's just fun. Yeah, like it's so much fun. That's the Trans Siberian Orchestra. They come every year. Yep. This year they've come. They come. You know, depending on when the tour comes yep. through, it's sometime early December, sometimes late. This year it's December eighth, three p.m. at the Sprint Center. I mean, lasers. Smoke machine. Smoke, like, just, you know. Can I tell you something else cool about TSO? Yeah. They always hire extra local musicians. They do. Um, yeah, yeah. And they normally do, like, maybe the Topeka show and the Kansas City show. But I've heard from my friends who play with them that they're, like, wonderful guys. And they feed them wonderfully well. And, and it's just, 
you know, it's not just a gig, but like they're and for string players who've never played the show, like when you walk on stage and you hear like forty thousand people start screaming, it's that doesn't normally that's yeah. not something a violinist normally experiences. <laughs> right. Percussionists sometimes, but oh, definitely well, yeah. never violinists. Yeah. yeah. No, it's so it's yeah. a lot of fun if you're if you're looking for something to do in the holiday season. And December eighth early enough, I feel like that. Yeah, it won't be like soup. It won't. You won't feel like you're trying to like cram it in before Christmas. Yeah. So, but. Uh, December eighth, three p.m. Sprint Center, and Jim's got something for the uh, for the eyes. I'll say. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know how many people are familiar with the Vale Mansion. It's I'm V. Not. It's oh, okay. Well, good. It's V A I L E, and their website's ValeMansion.org. They're in Independence, and this is a gorgeous built house that was built in 1881 and they offer tours all the time so if you haven't done the tour it's really great super informative they tell you about the who owns it why they built it back in the day life in the day but i wanted to put this for my pick here because they go they go all out for a victorian christmas and i i don't even know how many christmas trees fill this three-story mansion and so they're open um during for the for like they close for november to do the decorations that's and then intense. they're yeah, and then they're open in December. So um, if you've been to the Vale Mansion on a, on a regular summer tour or something like that, I would encourage you to go check it out. In the holidays, it's 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 period. Of, uh, you know, they don't just right. decorate for Christmas; they do it as it would be in the Victorian era. That's cool. You learn a little bit of history. You see some gorgeous decorations, and I think it's like six dollars for adults. So, you know, yeah, yeah. what's stopping you? <laughs> I, I I can't think of anything that's <laughs> not me. That's it, that's cool. Um, good for kids. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. Um, okay, so moving on to to music picks. And right. Jim's got something Christmassy. I do. But, but if, if you need maybe a little break from Christmas, <laughs> a, little, a little something a little different. I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this with you because it, I didn't find it, like, right away in my life. Um, we'll, we'll have another podcast about holiday music coming up. Yes, we will. But in general for me, and somebody who works in a lot of holiday music, when I have holiday music that I want to actually listen to, I really am drawn to jazz um, because I like the idea of taking a holiday tune and then hearing the variations that these performers do to it. I can think of no better than the arrangement of the Nut- Nutcracker Suite. Everybody knows Nutcracker. Mm-hmm. But done by Duke Ellington and Billy Strayhorn. So you, I'm very excited about it. It is I'm so go yes, to it is so fun. They do nine of the movements and they change the names. So <laughs> instead of the dance of the reed pipes, which everybody knows, it's toot 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 um, <laughs> They have the peanut brittle brigade instead of the march. So uh-huh. you'll recognize the tunes and then things are turned around and and twisted. Let's take a listen. Episode seven, I talked about um, that I was listening to Mary Wives of Windsor yes. from the concert. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that led to was I actually found this cool, and this is more of a CD, this is not a particular piece, but I found this cool album on iTunes. It's called 66 Most Beautiful Opera Arias. All right. And it's awesome. Like, I could just sit there and listen to it all the time. Now, I will give. Really? Your, I, you don't strike me as a big opera well, aria I'm not, person. I don't, well, I don't like listening to operas. Okay. Like, because. Did you, do you recognize most of these arias? I do. Oh, that's, okay. that's just All it. Right. So, like, there are a lot of, like, 
a lot of the classics that most people have heard in other contexts, mm-hmm. but now you're sure. hearing it. Even Acura have, commercials. Exactly. <laughs> they even have uh, the Song to the Moon from Rasulka oh, that we, yes, did. we just did. And I will say, our version, much better. Nice. Your wife saying Big it, props. much better. Wow, um, fantastic. But other than, other than that particular song it's it's all it's all great um and for someone who doesn't like listening to opera like me it's like right. it's, it's a good way to it's just enough enjoy it exactly it's the greatest hits yeah exactly and here's a sample Now, we do do a little bit of prep for this. Yes, we do. And but the reason for that is because we don't want, we actually want to be surprised yes. by. So I should, I should clarify. So I obviously plan to talk about the Nutcracker. Right. But John didn't know that. Correct. And he didn't know my picks. But I mean, we do, I do a little prep for the picks and things like that. And we may know the topic areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but we obviously want to capture the conversation as it happens. And so there's a risk involved in that process. And. I'm surprised it hasn't happened earlier. No, it took to, it took eight episodes, but it's now happened. And it may happen again, but we chose the same <laughs> restaurant to talk about on this episode. Um, so we decided we're just going to do it. Yeah, why because not? Because why not? So it is Grunauer, Austrian-German mm-hmm. fair down in the crossroads. Grunauer is G-R-U-N-A-U-E-R. That's right. Grunauerkc.org. Grunauer That's right. It's in the Freight House, so it's the right Freight in House between. Freight House by Lydia's, Lydia's Jackstack, yeah. yeah, all that stuff. Um, you know, John, we kind of joke because... You know, I, I have a limited palate, and I went with friends, and they're like, what are you going to eat there? And I'm like, well, I'm going to trust you. What did you so, eat? Um, sausages. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, meat. I'm, I'm pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, we just went recently, and we had four amazing plates, entrees. We, you know, everybody sampled mm-hmm. each other's. We had great dessert. Um, the, like, beer wine list is, like, yeah. Uh, uh, nasty, like did you have any of that coffee? Uh, no, we did not. Ooh, they do like authentic, like yeah, it's pretty. So you know they've got drink. all the classic yeah. schnitzel, and they've got the, the sausages, schnitzel is and they've amazing. got. My wife had goulash, which was amazing. Yeah. Uh, what'd you guys have? Uh, I, I get the schnitzel because I'm a, I'm a schnitzel kind of guy. Um, <laughs> but I've tried their sour broughten, and their uh, sour broughten's really good. Yeah. The potato salad's really good. Everything's their their spetzel yeah. is really good, which yeah. is a hard thing to do fresh. Yeah. Um, they just do it. They just do it the right way. Like it's really the way, like yes, the way you would get that type of food. It's yeah. not pretentious. It's yeah. just good. Service is great. Good food. Um, yeah. They are, they have a Austrian. I mean, they have connections back to the country, yeah. so it's very. Yeah, there's, authentic. A, there's another one in. Um, I'm blanking now on the the biggest city in Austria is um, Vienna. Yeah, they've got a, another Grunauer restaurant in Vienna. Yeah. So, so I mean, come on, it's it's legit. So so make your reservations. It's worth. It's That's right. Going. right. Jim and I are both available. Um, <laughs> I, I will tell you that one of the members of our party, like, that's what they thought about most of the night after dinner. Like, how can I get back? Like, like it was that good. Yeah. Like, whatever movie we were watching, what? no, it was, they were stuck two hours ago at the, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so. We'll, we'll, we'll try to do better as far as <laughs> moving forward. But, I mean, that's a huge endorsement that we both, I mean, I, I would many so. of the restaurants we've talked about, we've both been to. We yeah. just haven't selected as our. That's true. I don't think we've had any, like, I would not put that on my list. Right. No. So right, that, yeah. from that standpoint. And I when that happens, please feel free to say that. <laughs> oh, I will. Oh, if you're wrong, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, wow. So. The pressure's on. That's Dang. right. All right. We'll be. <laughs> um, okay. So that's it. So. All right. Great. Uh, thank you, Jim. Thank mm-hmm. you, Zona Rosa, yep. for being our sponsor. Man. Be sure yep. to log on to iTunes, SoundCloud, 
not SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Yeah. Subscribe to us. If you could raise five stars, that'd be great. You can learn more about the Northland Symphony and sign up for our mailing list, our email list, northlandsymphony.org. Upcoming holiday concert. That's right, December 10th. And we've got, because of that, we've got Concert Cast 2 that's coming out that'll come out a couple days before that. And then, as you alluded to, we're having a special sure. holiday edition for episode 9 where we talk about Christmas music. So be sure to check that out when it comes out. Absolutely. And uh, thanks for listening. Bye.